This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. In October 2019, Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museum will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show. Founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with the Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. 
Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. We're back after a long weekend uh, covering NASCAR for Heroes Media Group in Nashville. Great time there. Thank you, Heroes Media Group, for hooking us up with press credentials and let us do the media thing from the opposite side there. It was a totally different experience, but I think we, everyone on the crew loved it, and we're ready to do it again next year. Uh, About Face Radio, thanks for covering for me for my live shows for the last couple of weeks due to travel and, of course, the race. And, uh, brothers, thank you for everything you do for us. So without further ado, let's get to our next guest. He is an entrepreneur, author, speaker, who has built a successful career by focusing on hard work, perseverance, and innovation. He is the co-founder and CEO of GreenPal, an online platform that connects homeowners with lawn care professionals. Under his leadership, GreenPal has grown into a multi-million dollar company with over 200,000 active users and has been featured in publications like Forbes, INC, period, and Entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's welcome Brian Clayton to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Brian. Rich, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's awesome. Like you said in, the, in our quick pre-show there, it's awesome to connect with people and to connect with people that, you know, otherwise I would never connect with. I would never see you, never get to talk to you. And when I seen your, your tagline, the, the Uber for lawn care, I said, I got to get this guy on here because, I mean, that's just an awesome tagline there. And I'm so glad you're here. I gave a little blurb about you uh, being, I guess you're like a serial entrepreneur along the way too. So if you can tell the audience a little more about you from as far back as you want to go to how you came up with Green Pal, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for having me on. And like I, like you mentioned, uh, I'm CEO of Green Pal, an app that is the Uber for lawn care services. If you're a homeowner and need to get a lawn mowing service rather than calling around on Craigslist or something, you just download Green Pal, pop your address in. You get quotes from guys and gals in the lawn mowing business that, that are in your neighborhood and they want to do your lawn mowing for you. You get pricing and you can just hire them right through the app. Also, it's an easy way for you to run a lawn mowing business. If you're in the lawn mowing business and you make your living cutting grass, it's a great way to get your first 20, 30, 50, 100 customers, uh, kind of like a, a business in your pocket almost. So we, we, we have two customers, consumers and, and lawn care professionals. And uh, GreenPal is a 10-year overnight success. My two co-founders and I have been at the business for a little over a decade. 
and now we're nationwide in the United States. Started off in, in Nashville, Tennessee, spent three, four years just in Nashville, but slowly expanded the business city by city. Uh, now we have over 300,000 customers using the app every week to get their, their grass cut. Uh, before GreenPal, I actually had a landscaping business. I ran a, a lawn mowing business for 15 years. Uh, I was actually, uh, I, start, I was forced into the lawn mowing business by my father on a hot summer day in 1995. He got tired of watching me play Nintendo every day. And he said, uh, hey, get off your ass. I got, I got a gig for you. You're going to go mow the neighbor's yard. And uh, he was a former military guy, uh, a, a retired major from the 101st uh, Airborne in Clarksville. And so it was kind of like a military household. This was a direct order. And he made me, he made me go mow the neighbor's yard. Luckily he did that because something just clicked with me. Uh, I thought I got paid 20 bucks for an hour's uh, worth of work. And I thought, this is amazing. I'm just going to do this. And, and uh, I built that little lawn mowing business uh, over a 15 year period of time to 150 employees, uh, a little over eight figures a year in revenue. And then in 2013, it was acquired by a national company. So uh, spent 22 years in this industry, seen it from the blue collar side and now the tech side. Wow. And uh, you mean you're right down the block from where we are. We're in Clarksville ourselves. Nice. So I retired at 100 first as well. Are nice. you in, in, does the app work up here in uh, Clarksville as well? Or is it just uh, outside of Nashville area? No. Uh, so that we got started in towns the size of Clarksville. Uh, it, it was too big of a it was too big of a task to get like a Nashville or an Atlanta or a Tampa or a Louisville uh, going. We had to make it work in smaller towns first and, and figure out how to get the, what they, the flywheel of buyers and sellers going in, in towns with, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000 people. And then we could figure out how to make it work in cities with, with a million plus. So we're in every city in the United States. If you've got over 20,000 people living in your town, you can, you can use green pal. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, you've seen uh, great growth. You said uh, overnight 10 year success, but that's a that's a Nashville story. Or ten, it's a 10 year town to get that success level in, in Nashville for the musicians. That's and right. You, you did that it with uh, basically the Uber for <laughs> Uber for lawn care here. So what strategies did you use to actually acquire your first, uh, I guess, your first thousand subscribers? Yeah, it, it uh, it's almost kind of like a video game in a sense. You work one level at a time and you don't worry about anything else other than the level you're on. And so I think a lot of new business owners, they, they, you know, they might be worried about Mike Tyson, but they're really on fighting glass Joe. You know, you, you, you really, you, you really need to focus on one level at a time. And, and that's kind of, you know, as much as I, as, as I didn't want to in the early days, we passed out flyers all over Nashville uh, and, and all over towns like Hermitage and Mount Juliet and, and Franklin and Brentwood and Bellevue, you know, to try to get people to use our app. And, and we must have passed out maybe three or 400,000 of these things over the course of an entire summer. And that first year we were able to get our first hundred customers and we were able to, we were able to then understand Right, where we were letting them down, what they wished the app would do that it didn't do. Uh, what, what did they expect would happen when they pushed this button versus what actually happened and, and, and slowly but surely build a product that was better than doing it the old way. And that took a while that took a, a couple of years, but as time went on, we were able to 
then figure out, okay, well, how do we reach people digitally? You know, how do we, how do we meet them where they're at? You know, how do they normally get a lawn mowing service? And what we came to find out was a lot of people just go to Google and, 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 and Google lawn mowing service, Clarksville, Tennessee, or lawn care service nearby me. And we began to position our website in the, in the high rankings in Google. And that took a lot of work uh, through trial and error, but now that's how we get over half the people that use our product. And the other half come from, from word of mouth. Every day we get, uh, two or three thousand people sign up a day, and and most of them come from uh, people looking for a lawn care service nearby them. Wow! So, yeah, so you put you put in the hard work and effort. I love that you brought Glass Joe. Kind of age yourself there a little bit. You know, my Glass Joe and, and Mike Tyson in video game uh, punch out there. Uh, Glass Joe was the easiest fighter on there to fight, although some people did lose to him. You, <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most people lost the first couple fights to him while he laughed at you, and then you moved on to the next couple dudes to fight them. How did you start your pricing strategy for to be competitive with those other uh, lawn care services that were just getting searched on Google? Yeah. You know, uh, so coming to the starting block of, of starting this business, I came with like a contractor mindset. I had spent 15 years running a landscaping service. And, and so I kind of started it with a contractor's uh, perspective. And one thing uh, any contractor listening to this can, 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 uh, can uh, empathize with is, is that you get, uh, you get this mentality that builds up where you think that everybody is just after the cheapest price. And, and you're like, ah, oh, that's all customers care about. They just want the cheapest way to get it done and, and so on. And so that's what I thought we were building green pal for, I thought, okay, we're going to set this up where you get five quotes in, in 20 minutes or five minutes, and then you can pick the cheapest uh, service. And as time went on and we were talking to our customers, what we came to find out was they weren't using green pal to save $5 a lawn mowing. They were using it because they just wanted a, re a reliable solution to the problem. They actually just wanted a lawn service to show up on Thursday when it was supposed to show up on Thursday. And, and the problem that we were actually solving was not the cheapest way to get the grass cut. It was like solving the problem of the disappearing lawn guy was the problem we were solving. And, and so uh, I made a mistake in the early days of, of positioning ourselves and, and positioning the advertising and, and all of the way, all of the copy and the words we used as being the cheapest way to get a lawn mowing, because that's how I thought we would we would uh, uh, move people to our our solution. But at, as time went on, we began to understand: no, we're, we're the most reliable way. You know, you can jump on there, get quotes, and hire somebody for tomorrow, and they they actually show up tomorrow. And as crazy as that sounds, that's the problem we solve. Because a lot of times, if you're doing this the old way, you might call somebody off of uh, Facebook or a Google search or Craigslist or Angie's list or something. And you'll leave a bunch of voicemails and maybe you'll get a quote and maybe you'll hire somebody. And in about half the time they might show up. And, and that's the problem we solve as a platform. So in terms of pricing, we, we knew we just needed to be in the market, you know, $35, $40, $50 lawn mowing. We just needed to be there in terms of the pricing we were, were delivering, but we didn't need to be the cheapest. And, and still to this day, we're not the cheapest way to get it done. That's a consistency with a lawn care or landscaping is a big a headache for a lot of people. Where right now I'm waiting 
uh, two and a half months for a landscaper to come work on my property, and his communication is horrible. The only thing he's done is killed some of my grass and right now, and so it's just giving the headaches in the house. Like you said there, <laughs> when they get on your on your platform, they want a lawn. They want a lawn care professional to be there on X day, and if they're that's right, they come the next day. That's a success. It doesn't matter the price, and that's what most people are looking for. And not to have weeds get put in their yard by another lawn, by someone else's lawn not being taken care of. So that's that's a great thing to have and a great service to provide. It took a while for us to figure that out, and the only way we could figure it out was to stay in the glass Joe level until we figured it out, and not try to scale uh, to three or four levels into the game uh, when we didn't know what our value proposition uh, was. And and I think that's what messes up a lot of new founders and new businesses is they try to they try to scale it and spend a bunch of money on advertising before they've nailed it. And so ideally, you want to figure out what you do better than anybody else in your market. What problem are you solving for your ideal customer and who that ideal customer is, and then step on the gas. Definitely. And you said earlier, a lot of people used to get their long care service through Google. Google does the star system, the five stars, four stars, whatever like that. Uh, Facebook does the same thing. You can rate people on Facebook. Do you have some kind of a uh, marketing sch uh, uh, schematic like that for Joe's long care is a four star recipient or something like that? Yes. Everybody's familiar with the, uh, the five star rating. <laughs> you see, you see it everywhere now, whether it be hotels, restaurants, you name it. And we're all accustomed to that. And, and that's a good way to understand who's good and who's not. But we needed to go beyond that. We needed to go beyond just a standard rating. We got, we needed to really figure out who were the reliable services and who weren't the, not, the so reliable services, because that's what we were delivering. And we couldn't just rely on qualitative feedback from homeowners. We, we actually started to score these services on how often do they actually show up on the day they're supposed to. If they're supposed to be there on Wednesday, how often do they show up on Wednesday? And then we score them because we know because they complete the appointment on our platform. And then we and then we rate them based on that reliability rating. We also know how often they were booked for a second, third, and fourth visit because it's all happening on our platform. And we're able to use that as kind of a passive indicator. You know, is this a good service or not? Are they getting booked all, over and over and over again? Or are they just getting booked for like one and done all the time, which might indicate that they're not that great. And so we're able to use these data points to to promote and surface the the high performing service providers, the elite ones and demote and sometimes even expel the ones that just aren't so good. They're not taking the business very seriously. And you mentioned data points there. And I know data is important in every business and making things grow is the best thing to do in business. We already talked about how you stayed at the glass Joe level, but how did you use data to measure, to start your growth as a company? Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing with data is um, it's a weird thing because you can, you can jump to it too quickly and then waste a bunch of time because you don't have enough of it. And then, and then you cannot go back to it when you need to. And then you're just like shooting from the hip and making big decisions about the business based on opinions. And uh, somebody once told me and said, you know, if we're going to if we're going to make this decision based on opinions, uh, then we might as well use mine. 
Uh, but if we're gonna if we're gonna make it on data, then let's just let the data speak. And so when you when you're getting to a point where you have enough data to to measure certain things and and test certain things and and let the data drive the decision making, then then that's great. But the problem is is you need like thousands of data points to make a a, a, a statistically valid decision. Otherwise you might get a false positive and, and it'll steer you down the wrong path. And what a problem I, I see a lot of new founders make is like, they'll go right to, to testing and data analysis when they have like 10 customers. And I'm like, you don't need to do testing and data analysis. You need a hundred more customers. You need to pass out some flyers. You, you're on glass Joe level, my man. You like, we need to take this back to like hand to hand combat and then worry about the data. So, so we've made that mistake in the early days. Um, I think in the in, in levels one, two, and three, and four of the game, metaphorically, whatever that means, I think you need to rely on a lot of gut instinct, intuition, uh, what your customers are telling you, that data, the qualitative data, uh, you know, emailing them, soliciting feedback from them, meeting at meeting them at a Starbucks, belly to belly. Uh, what is it about my product do you like? What is it that you don't like? using that data to drive your decision making and then once you have hundreds and maybe thousands of customers measuring things and then letting the the, the actual quantitative data speak as in terms of, of of what is the right decision and what's the wrong decision a question that came in a chat from uh steven uh he was with me at nascar this last weekend he asked do you when people put ratings in the app or send you a comment about a someone's lawn service that they was provided to them do you talk to them and say, hey, tell me what went wrong so I can actually talk to the other person? Or is it just you take their their word for it? Yeah. So what we try to do is if something went wrong from the consumer standpoint, we, we try to get them set up with another service provider that can that can take care of them. Now, we can't service and take care of every uh, customer's expectations. And quite frankly, there's about five percent of consumers that just aren't good fits for the platform. And so we kindly have to like de-platform them and, and send them on their way with a few other places that they can go check out because it's not a good fit for everybody. Same thing on, on contractor side. It's not a good fit for, for every contractor in the business. So we have to quickly figure out, you know, who is a good fit for and who is not. In the early days, it was a lot of ping pong back and forth. You know, the first 500 service providers that, that used the platform had my cell phone number and I, I would talk to them seven days a week. The first thousand customers that homeowners that use it had my cell phone number. And so a lot of it was hand cranking and ping ponging back and forth. But as time went on, we, we you know that we have thousands of, of these transactions occurring every day. We've had to scale through these things. And so if if somebody is, you know, leaves a one star review, we'll we'll send them an email and say, hey, sorry, things didn't go so well. Um, if you'd like, you know, take another spin, get some, get some other quotes and see if you can get hooked up with another service provider, just to reiterate, here's what's included in the service and here's what to expect. And then as, as, uh, as, as vendors are using the platform, it's our job to kind of be a coach, if you will, in their pocket. It's like, okay, Hey, you know, you're, you're in the lower, uh, 50% of, of other lawn care services in, in Clarksville. And, you know, you might want to think about these sorts of things to boost your ratings, these sorts of things to, to get positive ratings and kind of little by little coach them in terms of like the old days of, of uh, getting on the phone with every single person that, that leaves a bad review. 
we just don't have the 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 bandwidth to do it uh, with the thousands of transactions that we ha- now have. But in the early days, we had to to understand how to scale it, understand what the systems needed to look like. So when you're uh, someone applies to be on the platform uh, from the, I guess the contracting side, how do you uh, approach them and see if you, you think they're a good fit? Well, the, what we used to do, uh, the first, like I said, 500,000, it was a face-to-face interview. I, you know, I know the inside of every Starbucks in Nashville, Atlanta, and Tampa, Florida. Those were our first three markets. And so I've literally been to all of them <laughs> because I would meet with contractors and look over their equipment and, and, uh, and, and, you know, get a customer reference from them and, and really belly, like I said, belly to belly, uh, onboard them onto the platform. And a couple of reasons why we did that one, we had to make sure these, these, these people were damn good because it was like a bet the business decision every, every month, you know, it was like, okay, we're launching our second market. We're launching our third market. If this doesn't go well, the company's out of business. So we had to really curate that by hand, but also we didn't know what the systems needed to be. Um, you know, as it, as we started doing it, we came to find out a face-to-face interview wasn't necessary. That was overkill. So we were able to kind of peel that back. And then we started to understand, well, you know what? Like we used to require all this commercial equipment, like $50,000 of equipment. But as it turns out, especially like in Florida, the yards are so damn small, you, you can use a push mower. So we, we had to like adjust that, you know? And, and, and so there was all of these like little tweaks that we made to where now we have a pretty streamlined uh, process of, of self-serve uh, onboarding yourself, which is all you got to do is you, you sign up, you upload some pictures of your equipment. Um, you go through a little bit of a check to make sure that you are who you say you are. You upload your, your banking details uh, so we can make sure that you get, get paid on time. And then, and then the, it's basically an audition period, how you perform over the first couple of times you get hired is going to is going to dictate if you're able to stay on the platform or not. So let's say you get hired. Uh, it's your first it's your first transaction and it's for next Tuesday and you don't show up on next Tuesday and you're not there on Wednesday. Well, then you're out. It's, it's, it's like we have a waiting list in most in most markets. And so that first audition is is a way that we kind of screen out the people that aren't really serious. And then as time goes on, the first like 20, 30, 40 transactions, as you build up trust with the system, we're able to score you and figure out who's reliable, who isn't, who we're going to send bid opportunities to and who we're not. And through a system standpoint, we're able to, 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 to do this in a self-serve kind of way. But in the early days, it was very much hand cranking it face to face and then figuring out what the, what the systems needed to look like. Awesome. Kind of, uh, let's transition a little bit to the entrepreneurial side of your life here. When you're building this company, and of course, when you had your lawn care business prior, what kind of skills did you look for in employees that you brought in and qualities to, to maybe to make you understand that you're going to have a successful uh, business there? And, and maybe for the audience, those entrepreneurs out there, how they can build their brand. Yeah. So in terms of you, who you're hiring to bring on to your team, you know, the first employee or two are also kind of bet the company uh, decisions because if you hire the wrong person and then, and then don't, you know, you don't prune them out if they're not a good fit. I mean, I've seen that that stall out more businesses than anything is getting that, that hiring wrong. What I look for is uh, 
I, you know, I, I honestly look for people with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who has something to prove, who, who, who's got something inside of them that, that they really want to be more and do more. And, and that the business, the, the, the profession is part of that, whatever they do is part of that. And, and that's kind of how, how I am, how I'd like to describe myself is I, I've, I had a chip on my shoulder when I started this business. And, and so I look for those types of things because it's a good cultural fit and, and uh, I've learned that you can't you can't motivate unmotivated people. All you can do is hire motivated people and make sure you don't demotivate them. And 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 you know people listen to this might say, well, of course I wouldn't demotivate my people. Well, you might be, and you just don't know it. Maybe you got you you know you don't you don't have tight processes. You don't have tight systems. You don't have. Uh, good objectives in place as to what success looks like for their role or not. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not getting the leadership they need from you or the, the, uh, the personal development they need from you. And so, and so maybe that is how you're demotivating them. So a lot of this is, is introspective stuff. You know, one of the best uh, exercises in personal development you can do is start a damn business. And it, even if it's just a lawn mowing business with, 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 with a handful of employees, you'll learn more about, about leadership and management and personal development doing that than, than you will in most endeavors uh, because nobody teaches us how to do this stuff. Maybe the military does, uh, but I don't know of, of many places that teaches you basics of leadership and how to be a good leader and how to be a good manager and what the difference is between the two other than just doing it and, and learning from mistakes and getting better and better. Definitely. And then, there's always that age-old question: Is leadership? Uh, are you born with leadership, or are you taught leadership? And I think it's a combination of both. Everyone has something in them that has that little fire that wants to be in charge of something. But then it's lessons learned along the way that really promote you to uh, propel you to higher levels. Like you said, when you started your lawn care business, it was probably learning a little bit on the fly, even though you had some leadership from your dad being military, teaching your military lifestyle. But then having employees that didn't have the same uh, go get them as you did to get them to stay motivated, to get up every morning, early in the morning, depending on where you were mowing grass, to stay out of the heat and get out there every day and do it and show up on time. That, that's a that's a leadership challenge and for everyone that's doing that kind of business. Absolutely. It's one of the hardest things about it. And if you can lead 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 people to go out and mow yards every day, you know, that's a skill set you can take anywhere. And, and, uh, you know, for me, I always tried to figure out where my people were trying to get to in, in, in life, you know, whether it be, and it might be financial, it might be, you know, trying to save up for a down payment for a home or trying to put a kid through school or trying to, uh, try to save up for college for themselves or whatever, try to figure out where they're trying to get to and where the business fits with that. You know, how, how can we get you where you're trying to go? And, and the only way to do that is to actually give a crap. You have to care and there's no way to fake it. And, and it's hard work and, and, and you can't turn your back on it for a day. You have to care about your people. You have to care about where they're trying to get to and, and where does the business, where does your organization fit into that? Exactly. And uh, since you green pal is basically tech based business, and most businesses now rely on word of mouth, but also through that social media monster that's grown. How important is social media to growth of business, especially tech businesses, but all businesses? Yeah, it 
unfortunately it it's it's i think it's necessary for pretty much every business at every level in some shape or form you know if you're a small business you don't have to go nuts and be be on on every social media channel but i think you do need to pick one or two and you do need to start accumulating this evidence of what it is you do and why it matters and why you do it better than your competition and it could just be the natural exhaust of the business you're you're repurposing into social media. So let's just say if you're a plumber, you know, maybe 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 you're just a one man band or maybe it's you and a helper. Maybe you 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 make it the habit to post onto YouTube, Facebook and Instagram every day uh one repair that you did before and after. Okay, hey, you know, now we're out here on Main Street, we're fixing a, a clogged up disposal. This brand usually cause uh causes this type of thing we usually see this uh looks like it's out of warranty here's what we're going to do to replace it boom 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 you got to do the work anyway it's going to take you literally 10 more minutes to film it and put it up you do that every day uh next thing you know you have this little flywheel where the exhaust of the business is now marketing content and guess what you wake up in a reality where you don't have to really worry about marketing anymore so i think uh i think i think social media is is a necessary aspect of pretty much every business uh that wants to sell to customers uh you, you have to do it as a as a top of the funnel way to get the phone ring but also as a validation type of thing like you know again if you're a plumber let's say you're you're bidding on a ten thousand uh, dollar rehab project um in in the nice part of town that person's going to maybe look you up on facebook or look you up uh, on the internet and see what they find if they find all this rich content about your business and how you do business, then it's a no brainer decision to hire you uh, because you've accumulated all of this, all of these data points and this reputation versus if it's crickets, then it's a leap of faith for them. And, and, and why should it be? Make it easy, make it easy for people to hire you. Definitely. I've been, once I started the podcast that learning all the different social media aspects and uh, being found is the, the easiest way to get noticed, to being found, to be noticed. Exactly. The more you're out, like you said, the more you're out there, the more content you put out there. Even if it, if you're that home repair person, just put here's the roof before, here's the roof after, and a happy customer, maybe standing next to it smiling. Yep. That'll help out. That'll help out a ton. So we talked a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot about Green Pal, a lot about your entrepreneurial journey of hiring people. What advice would you give some of the entrepreneurs in the audience? As they're starting their their build to build their business, what advice would you give them? Maybe three tips. Yeah, three tips. Okay, well, let's say you're first getting started. You have no customers. You don't know the first thing you're doing. You're scared. I've been there. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's working, and you're just you're just uh, maybe you're just you're 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 paralyzed with with you don't know what to do. Well, I think it can be helpful to look at pretty much the whole thing as one big experiment of I'm going to try this thing and see if it works. And then I'm going to try this thing and see if it works. And then I'm going to try this way to get customers, see if it works. I'm going to try this little scheduling software thing. Maybe it might work. And 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 have no expectation for anything working. And just and just look at it like action produces information. And then the information you get is going to lead you to the path of what the right thing to do is. So if you can look at it that way and, and treat everything as like kind of an experiment, uh, then then that can be helpful. Uh, the, the second thing is, is 
is uh yeah you know you're, you're gonna have to be an animal like would somebody describe you as an animal like 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 ask yourself that and i don't mean like oh he's kind of got a long weird neck he's kind of like a giraffe no i mean like like this dude's rabid for success and like like he calls back customers within five minutes and he's always there on time and and he follows up with them he's like an animal i mean he just wants it that bad like like if somebody wouldn't genuinely describe you that way then it's going to be tough because because getting a business going from nothing is is uh is is one of the hardest things i know of um the third thing is and the third thing is kind of three things you have to make time uh, for to do three things at all times. And so so if you take your week, you're going to have to do three things. You're going to have to work in your business. So let's just go back to the plumber example. You're going to have to answer phone calls, make appointments, show up, do the work, get paid, do the bookkeeping, uh, make sure people are happy, make sure warranty work's getting done, uh, making sure emails are getting returned, making sure vendors are paid. You're working in the business. The second thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to work on the business. What is my marketing strategy? What is my social media marketing strategy? And what is the standard operating procedure for posting to social every day? And, and how do I, how do, what's, what's the routine that I'm going through to make sure that that's working? And, and what is the, what is the, uh, the bookkeeping, uh, uh, system look like, which one am I using? And is that the best one? And, and, uh, you know, how often am, am I, am I, uh, following up with customers to make sure that they're happy and what is the customer satisfaction, uh, process? What does the employee training, uh, system look like? I'm, I'm working on that for a month or something like that. So you're working on the business. You got to spend at least a day a week in the early days doing that, uh, or else you'll never get out of this like one man band self-employed, uh, paradigm. And then the third thing is you got to work on yourself. You're going to have to read books. You're going to have to listen to podcasts. You're going to have to, like, somebody comes up to you, hey, did you see that show on Netflix? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't watched Netflix in, in, in three months. I've been watching YouTube on my TV, watching uh, 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 tutorials on how to do X, Y, or Z. You really got to work on yourself to acquire the skills you're going to have to acquire to play this game. So you're going to have to work in the business, on the business and on yourself at all. You know, maybe the first five, uh, couple of years is five days a week in the business, one day a week on the business, and then one day a week on yourself. You got to, you got to make time for all three. All that's great advice. I love that experiment, be an animal, work in the business, on the business. And probably the most important one of those three is on yourself to make sure that you're growing as your business grows with professional development. Ryan, that great advice right there. Well, 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 it's 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 steeped in me doing all of them wrong <laughs> at certain points, and also realizing that every business uh concern I've ever been a part of has always grown and stalled out to the to the point of my incompetence. And uh you know, my dad used to talk about this all the time in the military, and he used to he used to talk about you know that people were always promoted to the their level of incompetence, and maybe he was saying it like in a joking way, but uh, but that's what he would tell me. And I think I think business is a lot like that. Every business stalls out to whatever your personal kind of uh, growth has stalled out to, 
and and you have to level up and grow and evolve alongside the business. Exactly. And your dad's 100% right. A lot of people get promoted to their incompetence in the, in the military. It's showing every day. <laughs> so he, wa- he wasn't lying when he said that. Okay. Yeah. We, laugh about it. we laugh about it, but it's true. <laughs> So, Brian, uh, how does someone get in contact with you to maybe either check out Green Power or just get in contact with you? Yeah, life's too short to be out in the hot sun mowing your own yard. So just go to greenpal.com and sign up if you want free quotes. Or if you're in the lawn business or want to be in the lawn business, just go to greenpal.com, scroll down to the bottom and sign up there to become a vendor. And anybody wants to hit me up, just find me on Instagram, Brian M. Clayton. Just drop me a DM there. Awesome. Brian, again, thanks for coming on and – uh hanging out with us for the last uh, 40 minutes here on the Misfit Nation. It's been a great chat, and you put out a lot of knowledge for the audience. I'm sure they appreciate it. Rich, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Have a good night. You too. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble. Stay hungry and keep hustling because we are.